to the 17th episode of the NL Feast podcast, your favorite podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark, and with me as always, the moldy dry Thai peppers to my dinner tonight, Brandon Gross. Brandon, what's Mold- up? Wait, what? Yeah. Moldy Thai? Explain. What I is know. that about? I'm already questioning this introduction because I immediately just came right in for an anecdote, but I just made dinner before we hopped on to, to the record tonight, and I was like trying to throw something together. I had some pork and some broccoli, so I was like, I'll make a, I'll make a stir fry. I had some old dried Thai chili peppers, and I'm a man who likes spice. Listen, I'm a, I'm uh-huh. a spicy guy. You're a spice man. I'm a spice man. So I, uh, yeah. I crushed them up. I was eating, and then right at the very end of the meal, I noticed that one of the of the peppers has like a gross oh. little mold thing on it so who knows what i'll be looking like tomorrow brandon it could be a nightmare you know what's funny when you said that i was like is there a certain type of pepper that's a mold i thought that was just the name <laughs> of it it was a regional thing it's i was unfamiliar as to what that was so hot i ones, thought you were about uh, to like school me on some uh on oh some god culinary. No. no 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 it's like hot ones is new moldy pepper sauce is that what you thought <laughs> i was messing around with brandon what's up with you my friend how are you doing today oh, well i'm doing well thank you for asking of course. um uh, it's funny you brought up culinary things because last week I told you I spent $18 on a sandwich. Well, okay, in true yes, L.A. fashion, true. I spent $17 on a sandwich this past weekend. Um, okay, I you went have, to a place. Yeah, yeah, elaborate. This is getting out of control, Brandon. What are you doing? Dude, it's just L.A. sandwiches, man. They're just <laughs> expensive. You know? I mean, you can go to Jersey Mike's. You can go to you can go to Firehouse Subs. Go crush but, you a know, Subway. I'm, I'm trying to do the authentic L.A. experience here. <laughs> okay, and and right. I went to... I went to uh, a place called the Coenga Grocery Store. Okay. Yeah, something like that. It's basically like a mom and pop Cracker Barrel. Basically, oh, okay. All it's right. like I'm a one-room cracker barrel. And they have a bunch of antiques in there. I'm intrigued. Um, and I was like, well, it's a Cracker Barrel. It's gonna be like an eight-dollar sandwich. Yes. Mm. Uh, base. You know, I had a Topo Chico too, so maybe it was like a oh, fourteen, okay. fourteen-dollar sandwich, but sixteen it- after the Topo. You know, and then some tax in there as well. I tipped. Okay, I you tipped. tipped. A, a oh, couple dude, bucks cash, I, I should so. start off the pod by saying my mom listened to last week's pod, and uh, and I was talking to her on the phone this weekend, and she went out of her way to make sure that she uh, she let the audience know that um, she's a very good tipper. I know we said like baby boomers are bad tippers, and we started making generalizations, um, but she wanted me to say explicitly on the pod today, Susan Clark. My lovely mother, wonderful tipper. So now I, I got that out of the way for you. Susan's a great tipper. What about Terry, though? Was Terry a good tipper, or he did not chime in? No, t- Terry was just like a pull in the collar, a little sweat coming out. <laughs> uh, no, Terry's great, too. I think since I, a uh, little backstory on me, Brandon, I have uh, I worked in the restaurant industry as my first job through like all of college and then a little bit as an adult, too. Not a lot of it as an adult, too. So mm-hmm. I think me just being in the industry for like 10 plus years kind of ingrained in them early that tipping is uh, is necessary because it was personal to me. Baby, Absolutely. You know, uh, you know the big debate is for pickup. And I feel like over COVID time, when you went to a restaurant that was obviously closed, means at least in L.A. and, and New York. Um, you're like, do you tip 20% of these people are like don't have tables now on the inside? And, and I was tipping more during that time mm-hmm. for pickup. Yeah. And I. I think that that's fair. I think that should have been the rule of thumb, right? Yeah. No, I think you're totally right. I also was like going out of my way to tip delivery drivers well. Oh, here's a good anecdote. I used to work as a as a Papa John's delivery guy. Brandon, stop me if I've told this on the pod already. I uh, I used to work as a Papa John's delivery guy. And the worst, worst days to work as a delivery dude are when it's pouring rain because nobody wants uh, to go outside to get their own food and everybody wants delivery. Um, so you're just slammed and then you're running in and out of the rain. You can't have an umbrella and hold pizzas. Yeah, everybody knows that doesn't work. So I'm running in and I go to one house and it's like a... 
15 minute drive which is pretty long to deliver like a few pizzas and i get there i hand him the pizzas and the it was taken care of the, it was a credit card order so all they had to do was sign they signed and then handed me a bag of change and then took back off the house oh, and shut God. the door and it was like three dollars and 16 cents for like a 50 dollar order was i was a never a pizza delivery driver but there is a story that stuck with me a friend of mine who was in la for okay. a long time yes uh he dealt with some some celebrities because it's it's la I'm a very I'm having a very LA day today. I'm like I'm in LA. Are, there's I expensive know. sandwiches and celebrities. <laughs> but um, so he told me that he dropped off pizza at uh, the bassist of Weezer's house, Scott. Oh, that's cool. But he dropped off okay, the pizza yeah. there, and the guy said, "Hey, last time you guys screwed me, so I'm taking it out on you." And he closed the door and no. did not tip him. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. I was just listening to the Blue Album this weekend. I was like coming on the subway. I wanted a little Weezer in my life. And now I got to look He's back not in on the that. First with one. A... He's a later addition to Weezer. Oh, Here you go. nice. Let's, listen, we, the very first podcast we ever did, I think we, we touched on like 90s bands. And look at us bringing it back, Brandon. This is for Weezer heads. We're Weezer heads. Brandon, all right, we got to get rolling here mm-hmm. a little bit. We have a hell of a podcast to come. Uh, last week was full of absolute nonsense, absolute garbage, and a little bit of baseball. <laughs> this week is going to be the exact opposite. We have, you know him, from Locked On Prospect, Locked On Marlins, and Just Baseball, Aram Layton. Mr. Layton, welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks for having me on. And uh, you guys, you guys, you can tell you guys have been friends for a while with, with that kind of conversation. I love it. Um, and I think that's great for the listeners, too. But, you know, you guys are good friends when you can talk about something like that for like 20 minutes and just go. And I love it. But uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's it's a cool dynamic. And I'm, I'm excited to uh, be a part of the show. He's regretting right now joining this. He's like, oh, God. OK, I don't know anything about Weezer. He's like, oh. Hmm, what am I going to do? Ben never was a delivery driver uh, and actually know about baseball. I was for so two days, and I actually oh, quit. Oh, dude. I quit. Okay, okay, wait. We need the backstory. You can't just drop a two-day Yeah, so I'm from Florida, man, away. and uh, the weather is brutal. Um, yes. The, the reason why I started doing it is even more depressing, but uh, I had a, a couple really bad weeks sports betting. and Okay. I was between summer going to college and I was like, you're an idiot. Stop sports betting. So I stopped. <laughs> and I was like, all Been right, there, I that. don't want to work like full nine to five. I'm going to go to college soon. So I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be a delivery driver. So I started doing it. The first delivery they gave me was, uh, it was legitimately the scariest delivery I've ever done. It was this really scary area, not the safest. It was one cup of ice cream. So it was like a $6 delivery. Oh God. The front door was already open. Oh, and I no. just like walked in. There were some people laying on the floor, and they're just like, "Oh, that's for me." They gave me four dollars. Oh. I just said okay, and I yeah. left. So I didn't make anything. And it, then the next day, you know, I did a few more orders. And then the next day, it was just lightning pouring, whatever. And I was oh. just like, "I'm not doing this anymore." Yeah, uh, and I, I can't hung blame you. I hung him up. And then I that don't was blame it. you one bit. Wait, who are you delivering yeah, for? Ice cream, were, was yeah. it like DoorDash or something? It was a so- South Florida unique delivery place called Delivery Dudes, and they've been around okay. for a while. Uh, and they do a great job, but uh, uh, not for <laughs> not, me. Not for you. Not for you. Yeah, anybody ordering one cup of ice cream is is, is like immediately incredibly suspicious. That's not a. It's not yeah. a good look. Yeah. You have to know you're not getting. And of course, they well. gave the new guy that one. Yeah, you're not getting tipped. If people are laying on the ground when you arrive, that's a good <laughs> indication you're not going to make a tip. Wait, so you're you're a big sports better? Um, I took a break. Okay, uh, all right. And now I am cautiously and carefully and. Um, 
and, and bet in that regard. Yeah. But okay. uh, we, we do it just baseball. Uh, my co-founder, Peter, does like Pete's picks, three picks every day. Uh, oh, cool. And he puts them on TikTok, and it's pretty funny. Uh, and That's he's awesome. been doing well. Uh, so I've been tailing him a little bit. I'll give a couple picks here and there. Uh, just now I've realized – uh, it's not worth being stressed about, so have yeah. fun with it. Uh, yes. And that's what I'm doing now, and so it's been fun. I did take the Marlins Phillies over, or Marlins okay. Nationals over, excuse Dude, me, um, good news. which <laughs> has hit in the fifth inning by just the Nationals. So, you know, sometimes there's euphoria, uh, and this that's is one so of those, funny. not one of those times, but if it wasn't the Marlins, I'd, I'd be enjoying it. Hey, listen, at least you, like, hedged your, your happiness, right? Exactly. Like you... That's, that's kind of what I use it for. As a guy that covers the Marlins, it's more so – just hedge your happiness. We uh, when we first started, Brandon, uh, I, I did a little segment where I went to. I live in New York City, and there's DraftKings operates out of New Jersey, so I can like take the path train over to Hoboken and then sit in like a bar or restaurant for a couple hours and legally gamble, and then go back to go back to Brooklyn. Um, and so I, I did like five future bets. For, the, for Major League Baseball. It wasn't a ton of money. It was probably just like 100 bucks total. Um, and then came back and gave him to Brandon. And one of them was DeGrom MVP. I put $3. It would have won 150 bucks. And I'm still feeling kind of mm, okay about I it. I don't think so anymore, though. First half, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he, I mean, he's on the aisle now. I don't know when he's coming back. I so I think... I'm sorry. You know, that Tuesday you spent at the bar at 10 a.m., I don't know if it was worth <laughs> it, Sam. Yeah, 10 you know, he, he, he needed to go to the IL. Yeah. So I, I think this is good. If he's out for, let's say, two, three weeks, he, he can still do mm-hmm. it. Uh, they kept just trying to run him back out there, man. And I'm like, he's not healthy. It was it was his back. Then it was whatever. And then it was another thing. Then it was his lat. And just like, let the guy what heal. Was... So I think they're going to let him heal. We'll see how long it is. But the fact that he's also hitting 364, <laughs> uh, that <laughs> Dude, has to help insane. a little bit. That's interesting so, that you bring that up because I don't know if you all saw this this week, but he said oh, in, when they asked him, and he was also very upset when, when the media was, was poking at him. He was, like, just giving one-word answers, which you normally don't see. I mean, he's pretty serious, but he normally, like, will entertain them a bit. Um, but they asked him, they said, "Are is this forearm injury related to the previous ones this year? And he goes, no, those were all from swinging the bat, every single one. And this is what he said. He did not swing the bat, obviously, because he hadn't pitched in 10-plus days. So I thought that was interesting. Oh, but also we're like, man, I want to see DeGrom swing the bat. I know yeah. he's on fire right now. Aram, do you play MLB The Show at all? Yeah, I attempt to. Um, okay, I, I'm in the business of looking for like private lessons because I can't hit. Like hitting <laughs> is so freaking hard. If uh, you want wh- private lessons on how to be bad, I am your guy. Uh, I can well, hook it up. I, no I know, problem. I'm great at that. I've <laughs> got that covered. But you know, I, I love it. It's fun. You know, I like to pretty much. I can't move the the zone quick enough oh, to the yeah. pitch. So what I do is just. I try to predict the spot, and I'll run into two a game, and I just deal, and that's yeah. that's my that's my mold. I think I'm like ten games over five hundred in, in ranked oh, seasons nice. or whatever, and that's the mold. Just hope I run into two baseballs and carve. Uh, Dude, and do you uh, have you tried the new Degrom card that they put out though? I can't afford it. Oh, he rakes. He has like he decent, they, Brandon. A little context. I know Brandon's I'm Brandon's like, not much of a gamer, but they card. I don't know. <laughs> they release. It's like a. It's I don't know. Help me out. It's like a collecting mode where you can collect trading cards that represent players in real life. Yeah, and, yeah, and, exactly. They do. They did a cool tie-in with trading cards and stuff, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I, I I haven't played in a few weeks because I've been out here for the All Star game, but I am going through withdrawals a little bit. I, I do enjoy it. So uh, the second I get back home, I'm going to jump back on. Uh, we've been told. To like a lot of our our viewers and readers on for just baseball have wanted us to stream, 
And I was oh, like nice. very clear. I was like, I'm not good. Does that matter? <laughs> and they're like, no. So I was like, say less. And uh, <laughs> I, I think I'm going to do it. So we'll see. Um, streaming well, we Twitch might be on the horizon for just baseball, but uh, it'll be more entertainment than uh, than anything else. Like I'm the dude that's going to suicide squeeze and just do <laughs> like crazy mindless stuff. You're like, uh, I'm going to be yeah. real baseball. Constantly on it. <laughs> Brandon, but they released a, a Jacob deGrom all-star okay. card that normally pitchers are just abysmal at hitting. Obviously, there's statistics and there's no uh, there's no DH in the game. But they gave deGrom like pretty legitimate oh, hitting uh, gotcha. skills. So that's fine. Yeah, so that's what I was tempted. Brandon's like, oh, OK, I'm going to I'm going to stop listening to my own <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> I'm going to leave the room. <laughs> I, I checked out. But uh, RM, we're really happy to have you today. Um, we won't keep asking you about delivering ice cream or any of your uh, any of your bets and move on to the topic that we brought you here. Uh, what was it? Ten days ago, I think, probably maybe a little bit over maybe a week. What do you think the draft was? Yeah, they all bore together. I have uh, no idea. <laughs> I was out there for the draft, and I couldn't tell you. Uh, you it were was, out there. It was what Sunday, so a week so ago. It was, so it was a, yeah. So what? Eight days ago. Yeah. Okay. All right. So it was, it was eight days ago, and we wanted to bring on none other than you to help us out. Uh, figure what happened with the division, how the NL East was affected by the draft, um, and what it looks like moving forward. Um, so obviously, full disclosure, I think we mentioned this at the top, but I'm a big Marlins fan. Uh, Brandon's a big Mets fan, so there's going to be a little bias on our side. But we wanted to bring you on and talk about uh, the draft process. But you were there. Is that what you just said? Yeah. So I was out in Denver for the All-Star game, um, went for All-Star weekend and everything for just baseball. It was kind of our first big event. We had done a small little thing in Omaha, uh, but this was our first like big event. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun, man. It was it was a blast. Uh, just had a bar next to the stadium, uh, kind of had that as the HQ before the games, had people coming in and out. It was good for the brand, but also uh, you just never knew who was going to walk in. And uh, yeah. that was pretty fun too. Uh, so it was, it was a lot of fun. Denver's a great spot for it. The Derby was, was unreal. And uh, it was, it was a really good all-star weekend. Um, I, I really am excited to see what we're going to do next. I think we're going to be out in wherever, probably San Diego for the playoffs, as long as the Padres stay hot uh, nice. and, and just keep doing these kinds of events. So it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Brandon, what, have you ever considered going to a draft before? No. You know what's interesting, and that's something I wanted to bring up to you, Arm, is it seems like the draft is now uh, – fans like Sam and I are now paying more attention to the draft, it seems <laughs> like. And not, not only that, but also I know there's been some conversation with uh, – are they going to start trading prospects? Uh, is that going to start being an asset that can be traded, like in the NBA or NFL? Like – and do you have any insight into that? Yeah. And do you think that is something that we'll see? Yeah, it's a great question because I think they should allow for it. This is something I've talked about. I kind of think the bonus pool system is a bit flawed. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting in the regard that you can be flexible with it. And we'll talk about it because the Marlins are in an interesting situation there with their bonus pool. Uh, and if they can navigate it properly, they'll have a fantastic draft. But right now, I'm not sure how they're going to navigate it. Can you, can you uh, explain but- that to to somebody who might not know what a bonus pool is? Yeah, so essentially you have uh, a pick value for every single pick. Major League Baseball, I don't know how they do it or how they determine it. There's some sort (laughs) of uh, complex algorithm, which I don't care about, but I just (laughs) care about the final product. And let's say... The first pick is worth $8.2 million, second pick is worth 7.9, so on and so forth, and that goes all the way through the draft. They have a pick okay. value for every single selection. Wild. So it averages out or adds together all of your team selections, and you have that is the total of your bonus pool. You can oh, allocate okay. that money however you want. So let's say 
my third pick is given a $2 million value. And my first pick is given a $5 million value. But the guy I want in the first round has a $6 million price tag. I could go $6 million to the first guy and then find somebody that is willing to take $1 million with that third pick. And that's what's called oh, okay. an underslot. And so you got to get creative. Um, and it, it works well if there's a guy that you're maybe higher on than other teams. And you okay. say, hey, I know you're not expecting to get drafted this high. But what if we take you right here and we'll give you a little bit more than you would get if you got drafted where most people think you're going to go? They're going to say yes. And okay, so that's cool. what we saw. We saw it a lot this year. We even saw it with the number one overall pick. That's what Henry Davis was. The Pirates saved $1.8 million. I think Henry Davis was a top two or three player in the draft regardless. They probably thought so too. So they said, hey, we'll do that. Save $2 million almost. And then with our second pick in the draft, we'll offer a first round talent, uh, first round money. And he said, yeah, I'll take it. It was Anthony Solomito. And they got him. And then in the third round, a guy that fell out of the first round because of signability concerns, they thought, no way we're going to be able to afford this guy. His price tag's too high. Uh, Bubba Chandler, QB and switch hitter playing football and baseball at Clemson. Nobody could meet the price tag. The Pirates said, hey, we saved two million bucks. Hey, Bubba, how does three million sound? And we'll see if he takes it. But this gives them a chance. It's almost like trading back in the first and, you know, trading up with your other picks. That's almost what it's like. I like that side of it. The shitty, excuse me, the bad side no, of it. Please. No, please. No, no. We are we are not a reputable <laughs> podcast. Say okay, you okay. All right. <laughs> the bad side of it is that seniors have zero leverage. So uh, okay. if you're a college senior, they're going to say, we're taking you in the 10th round or the 7th round, and you're going to get $10,000, and there's nothing you can do about it. And Got that's you. where it's really unfortunate. That's uh, and, and that's how the teams like. save money. So you'll see yeah. teams take college seniors with their 6th, 7th, 8th round picks to save that money. And that might be a $200,000, $300,000 pick. They give them 10000 save that money, and adds up. And that's how they're able to overslot other guys. So that's the long-winded description of it. No, please. Honestly, as somebody who has no idea what over or under slot meant when people were talking about it, I was like, I think I can figure this out on my own. Um, thank you for that explanation. That's great. Yeah, we really appreciate it's that. interesting. But to, to go answer that question, I realize I kind of danced around it. It's that <laughs> it, it makes it difficult to trade picks with that system. But I think that they can do it. You're technically allowed to trade your competitive balance picks, and that's it. Okay. Which each year... You get each team gets a competitive balance pick based on losing a free agent or whatever it may be, kind of like we see with some other sports. Uh, But that's it. And I think teams do want to trade picks. I think that's going to be something that's part of the CBA. And I think it's going to I think it's going to happen. And I really hope it does. It makes things more interesting, makes things more fun. And I think it allows teams to rebuild and it makes the draft a bit more of a spectacle. They moved it to All-Star Weekend for a reason. They want this to be more of a spectacle. College baseball is getting more coverage. We see the Jack Lighters, the Kumar Rockers. Those guys were on SportsCenter. They're on ESPN. This is good. These are good things. Let's make the baseball draft a little bit more marketable. Of course, it's never going to compete with baseball and football because you are not going to see these guys for three years after they're drafted. But also, we're seeing guys climb through the minors a lot quicker, too. And I think that's going to help make the draft more of a spectacle as well. Look at Garrett Crochet, skip through the minor leagues. Ryan Weathers, skip through the minor leagues. I think a couple guys from this year's draft are going to do the same thing. Ooh, any uh, any uh, hot takes you got? Who do you think is going to be able to just like jump right into it? <laughs> you want a hot take? Sam Bachman, who went okay. to the Angels, ninth overall. He is the second best 
pitcher in the Angels bullpen right now. <laughs> oh, that is That's a hot a take. take. So the second they put him in there, he's the second best behind Rizel Iglesias. I think that, you know, you're hoping he's a starter. I think they put him in the bullpen to try and help them make a run right now. He's got two elite pitches, fastball slider, uh, and he could be this year's Garrett Crochet. Um, Arm, speaking Angels, it's funny you bring that up because I was thinking, so uh, Tommy Tanos and Mark Tremuda, who are in charge of the Mets scouting department, they, uh, after the draft, the Mets beat reporters asked them, they said, uh, what position players were you looking for? And they were adamant. They were like almost mad about it. They were like, oh, we just look for the best player. Is that the overall consensus in baseball? Because when I look at a team like the Angels, they drafted 20 <laughs> pitchers, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. and the Angels, yeah. notoriously, they have two of the best hitters in the majors. And like, everyone's like, your pitching sucks. Your pitching sucks. And they clearly went in with <laughs> that mindset. So is the consensus in Major League Baseball that, yes, we're only going to get the best player available or is it to each team no it's a great question and i i think the angels situation is a fantastic rebuttal to that point Uh, i think it's it's dependent right you look at a team like the yankees for example the yankees picking in the back end of the first their system is kind of meh they're going best player available and i believe that they thought trace winnie who they selected was the best player available but you look at a team like maybe the Angels, like you say, who everybody is shaming into taking just arms because they are so bad <laughs> at finding bullied. arms. Like that's a team that there's no way they every single pick, all 20 of them, the best player available was a pitcher and 19 of them were college pitchers. That I'm not buying. But then you also look at like a team like the Nationals. And I'm a big believer as you do take best player available, but the Nationals, you look at their top prospects Almost all of them are right-handed pitchers. It's bizarre. So, obviously, you're going to take a bat there, and they did. They took a high school bat with huge upside, Birdie House. So, I do believe that there's situations where you're drafting based on need. The Marlins, they go Joe Mack, catcher at 31. They did that because they need a catcher. They didn't do that because they thought Joe Mack was the best player available. I think it was about the range where we thought he'd go. But, like, let's be real. They know they need a catcher, and that's why they did that. Were you uh were you surprised that the the catcher that Seattle took went so early? Because I know that that was somebody that a lot of the Marlins Harry help me here, Harry Ford. Yeah, Harry Ford. Yeah. I, I had a lot of worry that he was going to go. Um, yeah. I thought teams were downplaying their interest in him because the thing with high school catchers is one of the biggest uh, knocks on high school catchers, and it's a very valid one. I'm not a big stereotype guy when it comes to draft profiles, but mm-hmm. Harry Ford is the Uh, exception to what is one of the biggest and most accurate stereotypes, high school catchers. The track record for high school catchers is atrocious, atrocious. And it's scary to take a high school catcher in the first round. Harry Ford, though, defies that. He hedges that concern because he is a plus runner. He is a plus hitter. And even if he doesn't work out behind the dish, his fallback, most scouts see his fallback as center field. Like what catchers oh fall back yeah. to center wow. field <laughs> doesn't even make that's, sense. That's so like that's a guy that I could draft and I'll be like, okay, if it doesn't work out behind the dish, we'll throw him in center or second base or whatever. The bat plays, the guy can hit. And that's why I was like, there's no way he's falling to 16. Yeah, and that's right about where I thought he was going to go. And frankly, I think he's one of the most underrated players in this draft. Wild. Wild. So, okay. So uh, to bring us back a little bit to the division specifically, out of all of the teams, Nationals, Mets, Phillies, Marlins, who am I, Braves? <laughs> Sorry, Braves fans. Um, who do you think uh, had the best draft so far as a collective unit? So I thought the Mets did really well. And this isn't because I cover the Marlins because, frankly, I'm 
harder on the Marlins than than I am the other teams. But I, I have to say, if the Marlins are able to pull this off, if they're able to sign all of these guys, I don't see how they don't have the best draft. And I think if you look at national pundits, they've all said the same thing. Khalil mm-hmm. Watson was number three on my big board. You look at fan graphs, I think he was number five. MLB Pipeline, he was number four. Regardless, the consensus is he was a top five talent. Yeah. Marlins get him at 16. The reason why is he falls out of the top five. Price tag was really high. And a lot of teams were like, we, we, we can't pay that. The Marlins had that bigger signing bonus pool because they had the 31st overall pick as well, and then they had the 52nd pick as well. So they had a lot of money in that bonus pool. What I don't know is how they're going to allocate that money to sign Khalil Watson because Joe Mack is a high school guy. He's going to get the full $2.31 million slot bonus. So he's going to get a lot of money. But assuming the Marlins are able to sign these guys, Khalil Watson is a steal at 16, obviously top five talent. Joe Mack was a top 20 talent by just about every single uh, every single ranking you look at. Cody Morissette, third round pick. I really liked that shortstop from Boston College. And then Jordan McCants high schooler was interesting. The one I really liked was Tanner Allen. He's the SEC player of the year, and you get him in the fourth round. Uh, yeah. I think that's a steal as well. I got to say the, the Marlins came away pretty, pretty strong there. If they're able to sign everybody, the other guy or the other team that I think you have to tip your cap to is the Mets. I mean, the Mets, they go get Kumar That's Rocker 10th so overall. Could, could talk good about <laughs> yeah, our who, who would have thought that, that Kumar Rocker would fall to the Mets? And I know it's funny because I'm, you guys are Marlins yeah. and Mets guys, but <laughs> no, listen, we're, we're loving me, this right now. Absolute steal. I, I, I do have my concerns a little bit about Rocker um, in terms of his ability to, stay in a rotation just because I saw him break down a little bit with his mechanics. He think he's a little bit uh, inconsistent at repeating those mechanics. I think he'll be fine. You're getting a top end talent 10th overall. I loved their pick of Christian Scott from Florida in the fifth round. I think he's got huge upside. And also they go upside with Mike Vassell, who would have been a first round talent out of high school, went to Virginia, wasn't as good as people thought, but he could easily recapture that. And then I also like the Rowdy Jordan pick later in the 11th round. I thought they got a lot of value throughout the draft and sneaky with getting Kumar Rocker at the top all around. I thought it was a pretty solid you, draft for them too. Do you think too. the Mets were at all concerned that the previous nine teams were like, nah, we're going to pass on him when he initially, or do you think that was just the general consensus at that point that, oh, he's going to fall a little bit because I know he had also had some velocity issues as well in the College World Series, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah. I think I think if you're the Mets there, you know that he might fall, and you're happy with that. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, does the velocity concern affect me when considering him at the number three pick? Sure. But if I'm at the ninth, eighth, ninth, tenth pick, who cares about the velocity? He, he's a 6'5", 230-pound <laughs> guy with the best slider breaking ball in the draft. And I'm assuming that in a professional, you know, major league caliber program training program and all of those things and we optimize his mechanics and get him going a little bit that that's not going to be an issue and you're getting somebody that is as physically gifted as anybody you're going to find I'm thrilled if I'm the Mets there and I I think the Mets you know they're they're understanding that there's a little bit of concern there but you're getting a top end talent a guy that was considered a shoe in for number one overall and the reason why he fell to I like to call it prospect fatigue, which means when you're one of the most highly touted players for so long, you stop. if you stop meeting these outrageous expectations at some point, 
it almost shifts people's reality as to how good you are. So people are expecting you to be the superstar all the time. He was supposed to be a first rounder out of high school. He opted to go to Vandy. Supposed to be number one overall for the last three years. And now he is finally draft eligible and he slips a little bit. Uh, that That's where I think he was almost a victim of his own bar that he set for himself. That's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't realize he was such a highly touted prospect at a high school too. And then Vanderbilt just seems like the school that pumps out the, like the best MLB draft. Oh, Is there absolutely. like another school that does any anything like remotely similar? UVA was doing it for a little bit, and, and they haven't quite gotten back there. I mean, you look at like UF, University of yeah. Florida, they churn dudes out. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. A lot of those SEC schools really do it. Uh, then you look in the ACC side of things. Sneaky, Duke has done a really good job of producing talent every single year. They have tons of dudes get drafted, even though they're not quite on that same level as some of those SEC schools. But you really look. I think we lost you, Aram. Aram, I don't know if you can hear us, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna plug you away. Where everybody find Aram at justbaseball.com. Um, thanks again, man. We really appreciate uh, uh, you taking the time to have us on or have you on. What? Uh, bye. Thank you. <laughs> bye, Aram. Oh, Brandon, what's it like when we have an actual man who knows about baseball come on our podcast? A very interesting experience. I uh, I've never felt as dumb as I did that day. Right? <laughs> I feel like you and I both like button it up a little bit. You know what I mean? We're like, well, technically, oh, we do, yeah. you know, we've looked at the ERAs of Kumar Rocker. You know, we're like a little bit more <laughs> like uh, buttoned up and we're not, you know, now, now that now that mom and dad are gone, let's party, man. <laughs> yeah. Aram, let's not absolutely that you're mom party. and dad, no. but, but you just make us no, Aram, be like, professional. Aram taking the time to explain to me what over under slot in the, in the strategy that goes into the bonus pool is like something I've needed to have like explained to me as though I was a seven year old this entire time. And he, he explained it to me as though I was a 15 year old, which I, so I understood. Yeah. Of but it, you, yeah, you did have like a swoopy hair, like you were a teenager. You're like, whatever. <laughs> I was definitely being like, whatever, yeah. dad, I don't care what you as say. You're eating I got a little bit of a teenage angst. <laughs> I was more of a, I was more of a hot and spicy cheese nips guy. What do you hot think and of that? spicy cheese nips. Yeah, I you ever had them what that is right now? Is that weird? They're, no, I mean, but I no. They're like they're like Tabasco flavored cheese nips. Cheese nips, okay. Cheese nips, or that's like the off-brand cheese nips. Is it the Mister Pib? I think, I think they're like Seven Up and Sprite. There's not necessarily okay. an off-brand one, but I I think that there is like definitely different demographics okay. that they're appealing okay. to. Okay, yeah, makes that sense. makes sense. You yeah, feel that? I feel it. Okay, well, I I, <laughs> I used to eat a lot of those. I don't know where the story was going. Uh, yeah, no, it was lovely to have him on. Uh. Now let's talk about poop or something. What, what do we normally do? Yeah, I don't know. What do we normally talk about, Brandon? What the? What happened? Speaking of poop, what happened with the Mets this week, bro? All right, yeah, dude. <laughs> what happened with the Marlins <laughs> this week, bro? No, 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 no. I don't care. John Lester hit a home run <laughs> off the Marlins. We're not talking about that right now. I had the best segue I've ever had in the, my my short broadcasting history, and I needed at least a little. No, that was I that was a very that. concerning weekend Mets line, and it kind of continued in today. We're, we're, we're recording Monday. Uh, Mets are currently tied seven to seven against the. Reds, but uh, there's four errors on the Mets. They couldn't turn three double plays, two of which were Louis Guillermo's fault. He's filling in for the injured Lindor. Rough weekend for the Mets. Rough weekend for the Mets. You know, (laughs) it it has to make you feel better though that the rest of the division also just kind of like at best did like the okay, Phillies turned down a little bit but like also yeah I also they blew like a lead to you guys same story in the mm-hmm. ninth so yeah um yeah no concerning weekend for the Mets overall Lindor DeGrom goes in the IL DeGrom who knows how long he's gonna be out for just forearm soreness but you know if that lingers could be really bad Lindor oblique strain which we always know that's that's trouble so that's probably a month off uh yeah I mean the first game the Mets offense looked lethargic game two six nothing Mets 
top of the eighth. I leave to go to a party. My dad texts me an hour and a half after. He goes, are you watching the Mets game? I was like, bad sign. What happened? I go on the oh, app. No. They lost 9-7. to seven. I go, what? <laughs> when I left an inning ago, uh. it was 6 nothing. Um So, yeah. So, then I was just I was depressed to talk to anyone. At the, too depressed. It was your boy, to, dude. It was your boy. You know who dude, it was. Dude, you know what? I think I cursed the Mets. <laughs> because remember, I was talking, I was all like high on the Pirates. Like, love their uniforms. Yeah. Love love uh, Reynolds. Yeah. You know, I was like all love, positive on them. Love Cabrian And, I was, like, and yeah. then one week, one week, I was like, Edwin Diaz should be an all-star. And it's like, I... <laughs> I also, I'm pretty sure Diaz <laughs> is a is a spider tack baby. I think he is. Because oh no! Do you I really was listening to um, uh, uh, the Metrospective, which is a great Mets podcast uh, from the Athletic. We'll with, plug them. Metrospective, with Ted nice. and Tim Burton. They do a great job. But they were talking, and apparently his spin rate is. Wait, did you say Tim Burton? <laughs> Tim Burton. Tim Burton running oh, a Mets podcast. I was, yeah, I was like, he's what like, is this like, alternative universe? Johnny Depp on now. And they're just like, <laughs> imagine them talking about the Mets. Like, he's like, so uh, how about that? How about that double play? Huh? And Johnny Depp's like, uh, wine. I like wine. I don't know. I don't know what he sounds like. I really got nothing. I think if anybody does a if anybody does a Johnny Depp impression, it just immediately turns into a Jack Sparrow impression. I don't think that there's yeah. another one. Oh, I don't know. I got nothing. It's it was, it was no, going to turn into Robin Williams. On. It was. There used to be a local comedian when, when we used to do stand up in Tallahassee. There was a local comedian there who's like. Uh, a lot of local comedians in small cities have don't write a lot because there's not a lot of open mics to yeah. go to to write a lot. So you don't know what's good or bad. So a lot of people just repeat the same material. And this one guy um, uh, would always close, always close with the same joke. And it was uh, it was uh, an impression of Johnny Depp picking up a, uh, a girl at a bar and he would go he would come in and do the drunk stumble and everybody would eat it up. He'd be like. Where did your rum go? <laughs> and then he would he would get get off to a, an uproarious a reaction. God, that makes me want to never see a comedy show again. <laughs> I hate that, <laughs> dude. I, I forget what I we're, we're going to turn a little away from baseball, but I forget what it was the other day. But um, we uh we we were talking about open mics, and I was like, man, there is just nothing you could do to put me at an open mic right now. I think I am open mic out. I think uh no. Did I you hang the cleats up? And by cleats, I mean Converse and flannel. <laughs> Did I hang up the having to ignore gross and racist and yeah. sexist jokes at open mics <laughs> to try to get to try to get booked on shows? Um, I think it's a temporary. I mean, I don't think I've done I've done improv, for, uh, but I haven't done stand up in almost two years now, dude. Last time I did stand up, I got very lucky, and I was doing that monthly show at the Lyric Hyperion. Um, like, and they would it was like improv, it was like short form improv, and then they would like a few of us would do stand up in between. Um, it was a really really fun show, and my parents were in town visiting. You remember that? Because I think they came to a softball game. Yeah, I was not at that show though. But what happened? No, 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 no. But I it was my best show I had in L.A. I like killed. I did written material. I did uh, like uh, improv material, improvised material, and I was like, I think I'm, this is the last time I'm ever going to do stand up. <laughs> My parents saw me kill. You can uh, die yeah, happy. I think I'm done. <laughs> I can die because, like, they they came to my very first ever stand up show. Aww. Like, I did an open mic with Miranda in Tallahassee, and my parents drove or rode their motorcycle from Gainesville to Tallahassee and surprised us. Um, and so they saw me do really, really bad. <laughs> they see me yeah. do some really, really bad stand up. So for them to see me like kill at a at a, like a decent small black box theater in Los Angeles, I was like, all right, this is uh this is about as probably as far as my career is going. Oh, that's a sweet memory. Thank you for sharing that. It is a sweet, sweet story. Sweet memories. Yeah, that's I know. A, that's our new After segment, a, Sweet uh, Memories. Oh, a little sweet memory. Oh, I don't have a lot of them, Brandon. Hey, do you actually know, you're talking Johnny Depp. Do you remember, Miranda, your girlfriend's experience with Johnny Depp in L.A.? 
Do you remember the story? Yes. You, you want to... You, you probably I remember the story. The story yeah, so she was at the Laugh Factory in LA because we're all involved with comedy. And uh, <laughs> she was standing outside talking to a friend, and then someone honked, and Miranda said something like, Shut up! or something like that, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, get out of my yeah, way! Yeah, yeah. Miranda was just standing, though, I think, on the sidewalk. And then it was a black Escalade, and then the window rolls down, and it's Johnny Depp, and he's like, mm, And he gives a, a little creepy Johnny <laughs> Depp wave, and that's it, right? And, and he's wink. on like Kimmel that yeah, night, wasn't he? So it was definitely him. He did a little wink. I the, so my version of the story is that Miranda was in a car oh. and the, the the car cut them cu- cut them off, and like she was yelling or flicked them off or whatever. And then this just makes my girlfriend sound very angry. She's not. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> appropriate reaction, I'm sure. Whatever it was, um, and she like it's, he like stuck his head out the window and gave him like a wink or a wave and like just kind of like a, okay, fuck off, look look who I am, leave me alone, mm-hmm. uh, which is just yeah, the most LA thing in the entire world. I love that story. I uh, do, do you think you see uh do you think you see more celebrities in New York or when you're in LA? Uh LA for sure. I well actually I don't know. The quality of celebrity I've seen in New York and I've only seen one is higher Who's than the, the quality of celebrities I saw in LA. I saw Steve Buscemi oh, that's at a, a restaurant one. in Brooklyn in Park Slope. Um and he had like a hat on and glasses like classic celeb mm-hmm. look, hat on, glasses on. Um but we you can well, tell who's Steve Buscemi. Of course. I mean that guy if he wore a mask, away. you'd be like Steve Buscemi's <laughs> behind that mask. <laughs> um, and it was like a it was like a pretty fancy restaurant. Um, it was when Miranda still lived in LA and she was visiting and so like a few of us went out to dinner, a couple like a couple couples. Um and he was there, and it was very nice and very polite, and like left. It was like literally March of two thousand and twenty, um, and then and walked away. But in L.A., I saw I almost said Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> That's not who I'm talking about. Uh, I saw Andrew Dice Clay outside of a Starbucks on Ventura over in like. In the valley. Hilarious! I love that. That's <laughs> I, so funny. I, it gets better. I was with my uh, my my first roommate in L.A. Uh, and he was like, "I never do this. Uh, I love this guy." And my dad and I used to watch him all the time. I'm going to go up and say hi and ask him for a picture. And I was like, "I'm not coming with you, but I support your decision." <laughs> and he he went up to him and he's like, "Hey, Mr. Clay, very big fan. Do you mind if I have a picture?" And he had on like a like a trucker like headset almost. Like he was on the phone, but he had on like a like a like a like an over the ears with like a little microphone what? sticking out. You know, yeah, it's like yeah, almost like yeah. a gamer headset. And he was like. Not right now. Can't you see I'm in the middle of something and just like shoot him <laughs> away? <laughs> that was his he story. Was like, Which, like, if you're an Andrew Dice Clay fan, then that's like the best version of, of anything for you. All right, Brandon, we probably got to start talking about some baseball because this is, after all, a baseball pod. I like how you and I uh, immediately just like start like gushing out nonsense after we get all of the baseball yeah. stuff. It's like we have to <laughs> we have to do information, and then we're like, oh, okay, let's talk about Johnny Depp for twenty minutes. <laughs> oh God, they didn't know that we're frauds, right? He doesn't know that we're frauds. <laughs> He was, uh, I asked about the bonus pool. Does that make me yeah. seem like I'm stupid and shouldn't have a baseball podcast? You're like, the Phillies got a guy. Yeah, nice. Good job, Sam. <laughs> I, I, had the, I had the athletic article up just like <laughs> control yeah. effing anybody named to try to find out what was happening. Because he knows he's like making his own top 100 prospects list. And me, I'm like, I can name 10 Marlins yeah. prospects. <laughs> uh, no, he was great. We love Aram. Um, can't we? Honestly, I was just messaging him. We should have him on again to do like a farm systems thing. When he does like his updates, like his top t- uh, 100 prospects, and he integrates all of the new draft picks in, I think we should have him on. Absolutely, I would love months. to have him on again. Maybe he, uh, uh, you know, m- you know, eventually he's going to see us get a little bit sillier. So maybe he'll be talking to That's Jay true. Leno, Mike Tyson. I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen. Whoa! If we ever get so comfortable with a guest that w- that's not like a personal friend of ours that we start doing Jay Leno, Mike Tyson, I'll know we've that's made it, Brandon. No, we made it. <laughs> um, all right, dude. Let's get to our Degrama de Week. 
A reliever on the Mets, the lefty. Spe- I guess he's a lefty specialist. Not really, though. Aaron Loop on the Mets. Do you know okay. Loop? Are you familiar with Loop at all? I know the I, name. He was yes, on the Rays the uh, last year on the on the World Series team, and uh, just oh, a okay. great pitcher that's just been hopping around uh, a bit throughout the majors, but consistent. Um, right now, top three relievers in the National League by FWAR. This is Michael Mayer, who's who's a, a good uh, Mets writer. Follow him at Mike Mayer twenty two. Okay. Craig Kim. Very cool. Craig Kimbrell has a one point nine FWAR. Hater 1.8, Loop 1.3, top three right now. We kind of saved the Mets' butt yesterday after the Taiwan Walker and defensive implosion against the Pirates. Yeah. And uh, I think he pitched uh, two innings yesterday. And also, he always celebrates with a nice bush light. He's a modest man. He's a simple man. I saw that. I saw that the like some Mets fans were getting upset that somebody had asked him about the bush lights in the interview. And I was like, come Ooh, on. Why are they going to talk about beer for a little bit? I don't know. I started following the NL East as a topic on Twitter. So I get some weird shit sometimes that just kind of like ends up like through my feed and that was it so somebody like complaining about the mets broadcasters or reporters sorry reporters asking him about bush light or his beer preference or whatever yeah i i don't know i think what happened was because he said at one point in spring training they're like hey how do you feel about being an opener he's like starting the game and pitching an inning and then going in and getting some bush light and then he like said that and then like <laughs> he did an interview like a month or so in and he like straight up had a bush light and if it was like tongue-in-cheek joker he's like straight up just a That's simple so man funny Drinking his bush light. That's so funny. Bush lights are just like, that's, that's a such can, a college too. beer for me. Oh, okay, man, man of class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, uh, no, but saying? I mean, he's also, he's been honestly a godsend on the Mets. Like, he's the one pitcher right now. Like, I was like, oh, if the Mets, I was like, can he be a closer too? Like, he's like the one guy that I like, I almost fully trust. Brandon, I have the Marlins game on my television on mm-hmm. MLB TV. Do you want to guess the score right now? I haven't even, uh, like? 16 to 2. 18 to 1. Yeah, that was pretty good. 18 uh, to 1. It's just like coming off the tails of a bunch of, like, obviously, I mean, we should talk about it. It is baseball related. Okay, we're not doing Feast or Famine. Dun, 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 Feast or Famine. But I will do my one Famine of the Week just so I have mm-hmm. an opportunity to absolutely complain about the, the Marlins' four major injuries this last week. We had Pablo Lopez go on the IL. Yep. We had Jesus Sanchez go on the COVID mm-hmm. IL. We had Jazz Chisholm literally crying on the oh, field because brutal, he was in so yeah. much pain go on the IL. And then we had Garrett Cooper go on the IL. And everybody everybody being me was like, all right, well, I hate Coop going down, but that means that Lee Diaz is mm-hmm. going to get called up. Guess who hurts himself over like doing a power swing the I same day? I saw that swing. It was like <laughs> hip, right? Strained his back. His back or hip. Ugh. Yeah, some of them lower left side. Um, just brutal, dude. I, I don't know. If there if there wasn't this podcast, I'm just going to openly admit it right now, I would be watching probably like 25% of Marlins games. Yeah. Now that it's there's hard. no jazz, there's it's no hard, Jesus. I, yeah, like, no, I mean, I we're out of. I've it. been there many Met seasons where where I've wanted to just totally shut down, and I have shut down in like September or so. Um, but there's even series like this past week with the Pirates. I was like, I can't even do this right now, you know. But um, I I actually had this thought because uh, I've had this conversation with with my dad in the past where I'm like, it seems like. It seems like where do babies come what? from? <laughs> said, where babies come from? So you had, yeah, you had that conversation with your dad before. And I said, where do babies? Where did babies come from? <laughs> and he said, I don't know. Ask your also... mom. Oh, okay, great. Classic. That's what dad my dad sounds right, like. Sorry, Adam Sandler. Um, I interrupted you for just like a three out of ten joke. <laughs> no, it's so. a good joke. It was a good That's joke. on me. I like I'm it. sorry. Um, but like, where I'm like, I feel like the Mets have the worst things happen to them consistently. I was like, and I'd like to watch another team for two months straight, watch almost every game and see if they have 
crazy things happen. But like a team with a similar record. Um, so my question for you is, because obviously the Marlins have had many years, you know, probably since the World Series victory. They've had some nice years, but like where they've had some, uh, you know, a lot of moments like these where it's like, how is this yeah. happening to us? Why does this always happen to us? Uh, would you watch another team for two months to see if it's like, oh, it's just me because I watch this team consistently and all Major League Baseball teams go through this this stretch? Um, or is it actually the Marlins or Mets are cursed? So would you, what yeah. team would you watch? I watch the Rays, dude. I've, uh, the Rays are my clear second favorite team for me because they're Florida. I have a ton of close like friends that are big Rays fans, them and they're now, American right? League. <laughs> is that from Glasgow? I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm about to be watching Rays games. I also don't have to worry about the MLB blackout. Like I could watch like Mets games, yeah. I guess. But like the, the hardest part for me here is watching Mets games because they're they're all. See, out. I was going obscure. So I, I was going to say actually, we, we spoke about the Angels a lot. I was going to say the Angels because also yeah. they're you know also second fiddle in the la area like the mets are second fiddle in new york although not for long but yeah you know no. uh, so like i think i would watch the angels because also they have a lot of talent like the mets do but yeah. also they can never seem to put put it together like the mets right so i feel like <laughs> if, if i could watch the mets. angels for like two months and be like oh no i just need to like justify to myself like oh wait baseball yeah, is just yeah, like yeah, this yeah. or i can be like oh no that, the mets are so cursed funny. you know it's like the experiment also, they, you get to watch like two generational players too which yeah. like i we haven't been able to have for you know well i mean they're, they're I kind of they're an embarrassment yeah. of riches that's true what's the matter with them that's so funny that they drafted 20 pitchers that's like even out of my dumb ass who doesn't really follow the draft too much saw that and that's I, just I was so really like they they went to the twitter comments and they were like i guess we gotta <laughs> draft pitchers guys <laughs> We'll show them. Yeah. Um, all right, Brandon. We got some upcoming series happening. We also, by the way, we skipped sixty second stories. You got like you guys 40, got a lot of stories, stories today, all right? <laughs> yeah, don't don't Brandon get greedy. You got a lot of baseball from Arab. A lot of actual great baseball takes. And then Brandon and I immediately just ripping you back into yeah. the nonsense that we normally mm-hmm. do. Um, also. What was I going to say? Eh, never mind. Never mind. Not going to say that. <laughs> All right, Brandon. <laughs> why don't you give us the upcoming stories, uh, upcoming series. Upcoming stories. Next week combine the, the segments. Um, so the <laughs> Phillies are in New York, but they're playing the Yankees. So oh! coming off a hot series against the, the Florida Fish. So the Phillies will be in New mm-hmm. York playing the Yankees in, in, in the house the roof built. And then the <laughs> <laughs> and then the Phillies will be in uh, Atlanta for the house that Aaron built. And then the Braves will be nice. in Oh, no, the Braves will be playing San Diego prior to that in Atlanta. Um, and then the Braves are apparently at the Braves, according to Sam. And this oh, no. <laughs> no, then they'll, no, they're playing the no, Phillies. No, 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 no. Wait, know. Braves are yeah. at Phillies. Okay, uh, yeah, Mets God. are playing. Uh, this is why, okay, sorry to interrupt you. This is why I should never do the outline. I make the worst outlines. Brandon does, like, pictures and deep dive into statistics, and I'm like, Phillies play Braves, <laughs> Braves play Braves. <laughs> Just no fucking clue what I'm doing. All right, sorry I interrupted you. No, uh, the Mets are playing the Reds now, and then they're going to be playing the Blue Jays and the Braves be any of the following week. So a tough stretch if the Mets can get over it with their, their thin pitching right now. Um, Marlins are playing the Nationals, as we know, but we're not going to talk about that. Then the Marlins are mm. playing the Padres as well. Uh, uh, Nationals are playing the Orioles in Baltimore, the Beltway Series. After the Marlins, uh, what's your favorite series? For me, I know it's Phillies in New York to see if they can they can carry some momentum. I thought about going to one of those games. They're like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm going out of town Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but I thought about catching a game. Phillies at Yankees could be fun. What do you Where think? Where are you going? I'm going to. 
the Poconos, I think, is what it's called. Oh, yeah, nice. We're, we, like, 17 friends uh, rented out, uh, like, a humongous cabin mansion thing up you in the Poconos. You don't have 17 friends. Don't weekend. lie <laughs> I know. Listen, so Miranda knows 16 people. <laughs> and uh, No, no, no. They're all, they're all great. great. They're actually friends of the pod. Some of them friends of the pod. Chris Rowland, nice. friend of the pod. That, that's going to be a lovely yeah. time. It will be a great time. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Um, but that means that I can't go to baseball games this weekend, so I was thinking about Or the, the, the Braves at Mets next week should be fun, too. Yeah. Braves at Mets, right? Uh, Phillies yes. versus Braves. Yes, yes, yes. Braves are in New York, yeah. I really fucked this schedule up. I'm looking at it right now. Whatever. Um, anyways, Brandon, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to now You're do in Feature out, Future. Okay? <laughs> I am just, yeah, I am I'm off the rails. Uh, we are now going to do Feature Future Fans, uh, which, if you don't know, is a segment that we use to uh, to bring some new okay. friends to the pod, Brandon. Some of our favorite people out in the Twitterverse who are talking about the NL East, we want to bring them in to the NL Feast mm-hmm. universe. Also, uh, we didn't tweet about this, but we dropped the parentheses in the name, Brandon. Big announcement, everyone. We dropped the parentheses in the name. <laughs> Fifty-five minutes into the pod, <laughs> where the parentheses are out. I was trying to, I was trying to craft a tweet for it, where I was going to say we drop the parentheses and then get Justin Timberlake from the Social Network being like, "Drop the the." It's it's more simple or whatever he says. And I was like, "How do I find?" And I just dug through gifts for like five minutes and gave up. So that's about as far as my content creation. Yeah, goes. that's as, about as much energy as we put into this. Um, but yeah, so my my feature feature fans of the week um, are Matt. From Matadel, his at his handle on Twitter is Matadelphia. Guess what he is? He's a Philly boy. Uh, we, you know, we haven't Matt, touched we, Matt. Matt Adelphia, exactly. Right? Like um, the, he's yeah, the chief of content for Flyers Nation, so he's all Philly. He's home. He's Warder. He's oh, Bagel. Dude. He's Philly <laughs> man. He's cheesesteaks. We got to get him on and ask him what his favorite cheesesteak place is. But yeah, I mean, uh, funny, funny Phillies fan. Um, you know, he's one of he's one of those folks that like will like live tweet the games and and uh, yeah, I like. Uh, we uh, love yeah, that. I like we have him that. on. I'd like to have him on in the future. Maybe riff on some Phillies. I, you know, uh, avoid us talking shit on the Phillies. Honestly, you know? we need we need some people to like diversify. It's so funny that I was like, all right, I know that RM is a locked on Marlins host, but we're talking we're talking he prospects. We're talking draft. He was very universal, but also I was like, best two drafts in the division, go. Or best drafts in the division. He's like, all right, I know I, you just told me you're <laughs> yeah, Mets, like, Mets and Mars. Like, you don't need to do that. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It was so funny. All right, Brandon, I'm going to plug a Braves friend of mine. And by friend, I mean somebody I follow on Twitter. Um, at Riley's Rakes. Austin Riley's Rakes. Uh, Twitter account. Nice. He's very funny. He's like uh, always dropping some good content, always retweeting some good takes, gives me some Braves things on my timeline. I know there's been a lot of drama between Braves and Marlins fans, none of which that I've actively participated in myself, but I think that by uh, bringing in Mr. Rakes that we can, uh, we can mend all wounds Mr. between Rakes. the fan bases. Mr. Rakes. <laughs> You're a mean like one. You know that? <laughs> Mr. X. Oh my God, we are we are. We had to get the, it out after our. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I have one more fan. Um, Mets Shannon, who's almost she's like a celebrity on Mets Twitter. Honestly, um, oh, she's yeah. at Miss underscore Met. Another good like Arm had the good website. She has the good the good handle there on Twitter at Miss underscore Met. I feel like she's like she's the patron saint of uh, of Mets Twitter. Um, she's funny. Um, you know, she's watching every game. Good, good follow. I recommend it if if you want if you want a little Mets content, a little Mets humor. Brandon, I forgot to tell you about this, but last week we plugged uh, UK fans. Yeah. We plugged the Mets UK account. We plugged the Marlins mm-hmm. UK account. Uh, lovely Peter, big fan yeah, of UK Peter's. Mets Online. Um, yeah. And I got an email today that said Chartable Digest. It's like one of those things that you get like auto mails if yes. you start a podcast yeah. and like Buzzsprout sells your email to whoever. And they were and it's like 
All right, here's your reviews. Here's how you're doing in the pod. Uh, congratulations, you charted number 41 on Apple Podcast Great Britain Baseball Podcast. So we the made 41st it, Brandon. most popular podcast in the UK, baby. About baseball. About baseball. About baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very specific. But we did it. We hit the big time, that's Brandon. Congratulations. Uh, I think we should do a new segment that's saying a baseball player's name in a British accent. I can do it. I don't want to pimp you out. But if you mm, want to give okay. me a baseball I- player's name. Ooh, I think I told somebody on Twitter I was going to do an Irish accent. Oh today. yes, because there, there was a, was it, what, a yes, an Irish guy. I Hold think on, the UK Mets uh, guys had guys had said something right. An odd, Irish or Scottish? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here it is. Here it is. Oh no, that's just something else. I was replying to my my British friends. Um, yeah. Well, who if you had to do a baseball player's name in a British accent and you thought that you could do it the best, who would it be? Like, who do you think you could do the best British accent? Well, last week I did Tomas Nido, which they said it was too posh, Nido. is what they said. They were not that posh because, uh, you know, uh, the UK Mets Online folks are not That's that true. posh. So I'm going to say um, Alec Bohm. Okay, it's a North Irish accent. Alec Bohm, that was great because that was posh as hell. And that, yeah. like, that name it, it's is posh, right? very so posh. So a non-posh okay. one, was it, wait, it was North, what was it? Yeah, North Ugh. Irish accent. Hold on, keep talking. I'm is I'm googling like, or YouTubing um, North Irish like, accent. Is that like Derry, like Derry girls? Derry. Um. Okay, hold on. I'm listening to it right now. Ow. Okay, I can't do okay. this. <laughs> Just a nice little dead air for the podcast fans. But um, okay, give me one. Give me one. Um, hold on. Let me think of one. Jacob de Grom. <laughs> that was good. I How's like that? that? I sounded like Nigel th- from the Thornberries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a British accent. That was just a bad explorer accent. All right, Brandon, enough nonsense. Before we get out of here, I'm going to do one more thing. We got, okay, so I don't want to say that maybe you got in contact with some mutual friends of ours to all leave podcast reviews at the same time, but we got three podcast reviews from three people all on the same day, and so I'm going to space these out because something tells me we're not going to get a lot of podcast reviews soon. So I'm going to read, I'm gonna read uh, the first one from Sid Jackson. Sid Jackson said, fun, five stars. As a Braves fan, I usually could not care less what a bunch of fish and metropolitan jabronis have to say about baseball, but I make an exception for these two rascals. Funny guys, fun conversation. Sid, thank you, my friend. Uh, It's only the kindest words for the 41st most popular British baseball (laughs) podcast. Thank you so much, Sid. Uh, We're tapping into Braves Twitter. That's what I'm going to say. We're making it a lot. We're making it a lot. Dare I say, Ian Anderson. In Anderson. In Anderson. <laughs> Which good, is funny because that's the right, lead singer of Jethro Tull's name. Fun fact. Ooh, you know okay. Learning a little yeah. bit today. Brandon, we got no emails from our email. Again, uh, we should probably just admit that the only two emails we've gotten so far are from my literal blood brother. But uh, if you want to leave us an if you want to leave us an email, uh, please email us at nlfeastpod at gmail.com nlfeastpod at gmail.com. Write literally anything, and as long as it's not like like absolutely like there's the worst words in the entire world i will read it on the air i don't care please email us i made this email and nobody's talking to us brandon plug your pod uh, plug, plug your <laughs> podcast brandon plug your podcast and i pod on twitter uh yeah you can follow me at brando grosso you plug your handle now all right i changed my handle famously i committed to the pod i'm at nl feast sam the podcast at nl feast 
no pod, just at NL Feast, Brandon. Follow us. We have uh, we have 69 followers right now, which is very funny, but it's not going to last forever, unfortunately. That's just the way the world works. Um, but yeah, Brandon, I think that's it. Anything else before we get out of here? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.